Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley's style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. Earlier in the week, I did an episode on Green Bay's biggest weaknesses on their current roster and the current state of their team. So I thought it was only fair that I came back and did their biggest strength. So that's what I'm going to be doing today. And this isn't just looking specifically at their roster and their 53 and being like, here's their strengths or the current state of the team, but also some things that they have organizationally. Just like I mentioned, the mystique of Lambeau Field as one of their weaknesses. And right now it's just not the same as what it used to be. There's going to be some things in this episode that I do think are organizational strengths. And as we go through this transition time frame in Green Bay and sort of go from a team that is off of back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks to a little bit more of an unknown. You want that steadiness, you want that balance, and you want a franchise that knows how to win. You want a franchise that can hopefully use some of the strengths and inherent advantages that they have as an organization to get them through some of these transition times and hopefully get them back into prominence sooner rather than later. So some of this is going to be roster stuff. Some of this is going to be organizational stuff. We'll go through all of it, but there's 10 things that I think are currently strengths for Green Bay and no particular order, but let's start with the left side of the Packers offensive line. Now, a couple caveats right away, even with this one. The first one is health is a major issue here, right? If David Bakhtiari has any sort of setback with his leg, this goes out the window. Same thing with Elton Jenkins. You know, Pre-ACL injury, he was phenomenal, had the ACL, came back last year, played right tackle, looked terrible, moved back to left guard, looked much, much better. But I think there's a level to which Elton Jenkins can still get to that's even higher than what he played at, even pre-ACL injury. But on the surface, on paper, David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, left tackle, left guard, has the ability to be the best left side of any offensive line in the NFL. Bakhtiari, top three offensive tackle. Elton Jenkins, probably what, top five to 10 at worst guard. And you've got those two guys playing next to each other on the same offensive line. For a quarterback who's in his first year as a starter to have your blind side protected by Bakhtiari and Jenkins, that is a huge advantage. And there is another caveat here as well. And that's if things go wrong at center with Josh Myers, maybe they don't feel comfortable with Zach Tom doing that job. There is a world in which Elton Jenkins move, you know, maybe moves back to center. We know Elton can get moved to any spot at any moment. So that's always a possibility as well. But as of right now, 
if everything stays as is, and if both players can stay healthy, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, left tackle, left guard should be a dominant left side. And that's not just for Jordan Love. When Green Bay was going really, really well in 2020, running the football, Aaron Jones, Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Corey Lindsley, left to right, that left side, they could run behind all day long. And they still need to develop that center. Hopefully Josh Myers can take a step this year. Maybe it can be Zach Tom. We'll see. But that left side has the ability to be really, really good. And hopefully not only does that help the blind side for Jordan Love, but now you have a side that you can run against or run you know, behind more consistently this upcoming season. So number one, left side of the offensive line. Number two is something that I actually went over in the weaknesses category, and that's their youth. Now in the weaknesses or, you know, what I, what I talked about, you know, earlier in the week, I mentioned inexperience, right. And just not having you know, experience at some key positions, obviously receiver, tight end, quarterback, those sort of things like that. There's going to be some bumps in the road along the way and some volatility because they don't have, you know, some of the experience at some of those key positions, obviously quarterback being the big one. However, this is a young man's game. They only have four players over the age of 28. They're building this team the right way with youth. They're not just bringing in, you know, some, you know, random 35-year-old veterans to fill in a spot here or there. They're going with younger players. They had 13 draft picks this year. They had three players taken in the top 35 of last year's draft and another 11, I think 11 draft picks last year, not to mention Bo Melton and Luke Tenuta, who were also drafted last year, who they were able to pick up. Caleb Jones was an undrafted free agent they kept. So they have a ton of first and second year players on this team. They've got a full undrafted free agent class. There's going to be some issues with that, but they also have some really fun, exciting youth on this roster. And I think that youth, that playmaking, that exuberance, I think you're going to see that. And I think maybe not translating into wins this year, but I think overall the direction that they took and the youth and the, you know, just excitement of this roster, I do think is ultimately going to be a strength for Green Bay moving forward. May just not realize it with wins in 2023. Number three is the edge rotation once Rashawn Gary is back healthy. And yes, that is a little bit of an asterisk as well, but when healthy, if Green Bay can rotate at their edge position, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Luke Van Ness, and Kingsley and Igbari, that's as close as it gets to a like picture perfect four man edge rotation. Now Philly knows some things about edge rotations and they've got that thing mastered with their defensive front, but not too shabby to have Gary Preston Van Essen and Igbari as your rotational four. Not to mention a Justin Hollins who you bring back. You know, they get, um, you know, Brenton Cox is an undrafted free agent who's an interesting player. So I do think that they have more depth in their edge rusher position than they've had in a very long time. And you really like the idea that those front four of Gary Preston Van Essen and Igbari could be wreaking havoc along a offensive tackle group throughout, a, you know, throughout the entirety of the game with bringing different flavors of edge rusher. We know what Rashawn wants to do. He wants to convert speed to power, bull rush, get to the quarterback. Van Ness is going to be a similar type of player, but has a few different nuances that he can bring. Preston Smith, more of a technician at the position at this point. And then Igbari, a little bit of a quicker, faster uh, edge rusher, a little bit more undersized, but he brings a variety of moves to the table as an edge rusher for different players that can bring all different things. And on one down, like they can all play left or right. You could go against Rashawn Gary the first play, and then Enigbari, a totally different player. Then Van Ness is going to come at you, and then all of a sudden Preston Smith, the vet, comes at you. Like you could see four totally different edge rushers on four different plays, and that is a lot for an offensive tackle to take in. And because they all bring something different, you can kind of match them up against the offensive tackle that maybe struggles against the thing that they do well. If you've got a bigger offensive tackle that maybe struggles with speed and shiftiness a little bit more, all right, let's see if can, you know Kingsley Enigbari can play across from them. You've got a more of an undersized tackle that struggles with players converting 
and speed to power. All right, let's see if Rashawn Gary or Lucas Van Ness can work over him. You've got maybe a young and experienced offensive tackle that doesn't know all the tricks of the trade yet. All right, let Preston Smith work over that guy. He's going to figure that out very, very quick. So I think there's some different flavors that they have there. I'm really excited about this edge position, especially once Rashawn Gary comes back from injury. Next up is yards after the catch and just playmaking ability at the weapons positions. This is something that Green Bay had been dreadfully lacking. And I get that Green Bay and this Matt LaFleur system wanted players that could block and like everyone's doing their 111th and doing their part and everyone's setting everyone else up for success. That sounds great. But at some point in time, your playmakers need to make plays. Spoiler alert. And I love Alan Lazard. I think he's a really good wide receiver. But as a true playmaker run after the catch guy, he was limited. Randall Cobb at this stage of his career as a run after the catch guy, true playmaker, he was limited. Like you had Mercedes Lewis, love Mercedes Lewis, love Mercedes Lewis to death. He's a sixth offensive lineman, you know, shadowing as a, a tight end, like you're, or moonlighting as a tight end, I should say. So like that, that's not going to be a playmaker. Robert Tunyon was not a playmaker. Like AJ Dillon, I'm so sorry, but not a playmaker. He's a, you can utilize him and there's ways that you can use him, but not a big time playmaker, not a big time, you know, yards after contact guy, not going to run a four, three and run away from defenses. At some point, your offense needs to have players who can make plays at your weapon positions. Now they've got a Christian Watson. They've got a 4-3-40 guy in Jaden Reed. Aaron Jones is still a playmaker. They get two guys in Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave, who I think are going to be much more dynamic after the catch than guys like Robert Tunney and, and uh, Mercedes Lewis were. I still think Romeo Dobbs has some playmaking ability. Like that is a much more well-rounded. Even in Samori Toure's limited time, he gets a big touchdown pass a season ago. So this is a wide receiver group that, in my opinion, and a weapons group, tight end running back, that has much more playmaking ability than what they've had in the past. And I think that's going to be something that Matt LaFleur, Jordan Love, and this offense is going to be able to utilize. And you're going to see a difference in team speed and team playmaking in 2023. Number five is Keyshawn Nixon. Just simply put, Keyshawn Nixon. Green Bay found their returner, a first team all pro returner in no way, shape or form. Do I think that that was a fluke? I think this is a big time returner. He showed it over and over and over a season ago. He's got great vision. He's got great acceleration as a kick returner. He knows exactly how to hit the hole, how to set up his blocks, how to set up defenders, explode through it, get upfield. It's nothing too shake and bake. It's not dancing around and doing stuff as a kick returner. You can't do, you've got to be able to get the ball, run through, you know, run with acceleration Set a set your you know blockers up. Set up the defense for, for the special teams tackling group. You know the coverage unit for failure. Make your cut, go and be gone. He did a phenomenal job of that. As a punt returner, he showed a little bit more of that shiftiness, but also plant your foot, get up field, get those yards, make your explosive plays. He had all of it, and I think that's going to continue. And when you have a big time playmaker as a returner. That changes the calculus for your special teams. It changes the calculus for your offense. It changes the calculus for how teams play against you. That changes a lot of things for Green Bay. They're going to win a lot of field position battles because of Keyshawn Nixon. He's going to put points on the board for them just based on his explosivity as a returner. I, I love Keyshawn and I think this is a real strength of the team and I'm so happy they were able to bring him back in 2023. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, 
Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Number six, this might sound, you know, a little bit, I don't know, maybe even ridiculous, but their schedule. They have a very easy schedule this year. This is not a team, this is not a schedule that is filled with a bunch of top end quarterbacks. It just isn't. Go look at it. They don't face a top-end quarterback until the second half of the season. Like This is an NFC North that they can win. This is an NFC that is not very good at the moment. Their schedule, how it plays out with no long road trips, extremely limited travel, no um, you know, no real rough back-to-backs where you're going East Coast to West Coast. They win the rest advantage more often than not. Really, the only really bad one is against the Giants where the Giants have their bye week beforehand. There's only one game on the schedule, in my opinion, the Chiefs game, that you're really looking at it where like, all right, that's going to be a really hard one to win. Even that one, you play at home and you have a rest advantage going into that game. So this schedule stacks up very, very well for Green Bay. Now, you don't win just based off of schedule and you you can lose to any team and we'll see. Maybe a lot of these teams that they face are better in 2023 than they were in the past. That can happen. But overall, like you look how this schedule is put together, who they face, the quarterbacks they play, all those things. It is not a daunting schedule. And a lot of teams listen, a lot of teams are going to look at Green Bay on their schedule and say, oh, we can win that game. And they're not wrong. And until Green Bay proves that they can go out and win a majority of their games, teams are going to look at Green Bay and say that's a winnable game. So Green Bay's the the victim on a lot of other people's schedules. They're looking at it, but when Green Bay looks at their schedule as a whole, that's a pretty darn easy schedule, and hopefully something they can find a way to navigate this upcoming year. Number seven is offensive tackle depth. I talked about Bakhtiari already, but how many teams have, in my opinion, four players that they can roll out and be pretty darn good offensive tackles? They got David Bakhtiari, Yash Nyman at right tackle. And Yash can play left tackle as well, which is amazing. Zach Tom can play left tackle or right tackle and be a starting caliber player, in my opinion. And they also have Elton Jenkins. Now, you might be thinking Elton was really bad at right tackle a season ago, and you are not wrong. However, that was coming off the torn ACL. 
and he immediately goes to right tackle. I think if he played out there today, I think he would be much better. The other thing is, even if right tackle doesn't work, we've seen him play at left tackle and he did really well at left tackle. So I still think there is the ability there if you wanted to, to play Elton at left tackle, especially in a pinch, but they have four legitimate starting tackles, in my opinion, in Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Yash Nyman, and Zach Tom. A lot of teams don't have two. So the fact that they can roll out four different offensive tackles that in my opinion, you're like, you wouldn't change the offense in any way if any of those four tackles were out there. Meaning you're going to run your same game plan that you would have no matter if it's Bach, Nyman, Tom, or Elton Jenkins out there at tackle. You have four guys that you can continue to run your offense with that you don't have to use an extra tight end to chip or do a bunch of stuff. You can just go out there with those four guys in some capacity, whichever two that you want and run your offense. That is a luxury in today's NFL. Not to mention, you still have some fun upside players too in Luke Tenuta, Caleb Jones, and Rashid Walker who are still developing and Royce Newman. And I know nobody wants to see Royce out at tackle again, but he also has starting caliber experience as an offensive tackle. So like if that's your fifth guy, if Royce Newman is your fifth guy that you need as an offensive tackle, you are in extremely good shape at the position. So their depth at the offensive tackle position, another huge strength for Green Bay. All right, the next one are less roster-based and more organization-based. But number eight on my list is the player personnel and NFL scouting department. I'm not talking about rookies here. I'm talking about guys that they've needed to sign for vet minimum deals, sign off of practice squads, those sort of things. Devondre Campbell, finding him at the end of free agency on a super cheap deal a couple seasons ago, and he becomes a first-team All-Pro player. Razul Douglas, finding him off a practice squad and him becoming a legitimate, really solid starting corner in the NFL. Rick Wagner, when they found him for pennies on the dollar, and he became a solid starting tackle for them almost all of 2020. Keyshawn Nixon, the bare minimum free agent signing that he could have possibly got, no signing bonus, no nothing, becomes a first team all pro returner and what looks like is going to be now a starting slot corner for Green Bay. Rudy Ford, they bring him in at the end of uh, the very end of uh, you know the off season or training camp, etc., right before the start of the regular season. Not only does he become a core special teams player for him, he might very well be their starting safety this year and played some real solid minutes for them at starting safety a season ago. Maybe this year it's Tavarius Moore. Maybe this year it's a Jonathan Owens. Maybe they found the next great long snapper in Matt Orzek. Who knows? But this is a player personnel department who has done a phenomenal job of scouting low-end salary talent at the NFL level and allowing them to come in and play significant roles in Green Bay and find like literal first team all pro players in Devondre Campbell and Keyshawn Nixon. That is incredible. Those guys deserve so much credit for finding those players in a variety of different ways. They've been, you know, outside the box thinkers when it comes to that stuff and which guys that they've signed, but they have hit more often than not. And that should be something where Green Bay has a little bit more challenges still coming up with some of the free agents, uh, you know, money that they have to spend, some of the salary cap issues. If that can continue to be something where they continue to find those cheap, talented players, that will continue to serve Green Bay very well moving forward. Number nine is something that I think a lot of people take for granted, and that's cash on hand. And Green Bay, with all of their title town district and just the way that they're set up as a franchise, has great financial maneuverability, has a ton of cash on hand, has a ton set up in you know savings accounts and stuff like that. And you might think like, why do I care? Why? Like every team has the same salary cap and they're going to be able to go out and spend that money no matter what. So like, why do I care what they have in their savings account and cash on hand? I understand your thinking on that, but all of that signing bonus money that Green Bay gives out, that is all has to be cash on hand that you're paying in advance. And we have seen teams 
aka the Raiders, that have struggled with this in the past or owners that will not want to give up a ton of money and cash on hand in advance. Green Bay has been constantly willing to do that. And that allows them to do that, you know, where there's always money in the banana stand and borrow from future salary caps. The only way you can do that is if you have the money up front to give out massive signing bonuses that you have to pay right now so that you can spread that out over the length of the cap. So it, it like when it gets done, it just seems like it's so like secondhand and like, oh, of course, you know, that that's what teams do. And a lot of teams do do it, but some don't, some owners don't like it. And some like teams in the past, like the Raiders have had cash on hand issues, especially when they moved to Vegas, that they weren't able to do some of that stuff. So the financial maneuverability and their willingness to go out and spend a lot of that money up front really sets Green Bay up for success and allows them to do some things financially and with the salary cap that some other teams just can't do based on what their structure is set up as. And then last but not least, number 10, the carry the G. The standard is the standard. The franchise is the franchise. This is the Green Bay freaking Packers. And yes, we're going through a little bit of a transition in Green Bay, but I think Green Bay has built a culture and an organization that is strong enough that even if this team goes three and 14 this year, two and 15, something crazy, Jordan Love doesn't work out. I don't think we're going to see another decade long of like the 1980s or in the seventies and whatever, however long that was where they were just completely inept. I just don't see that as being the case. Might they have to trade, you know, trade out or change out maybe a GM or a coach down the road if some things don't work out? Yes, that certainly can be the case as it is with any franchise in the NFL. But I do believe the foundation of the Green Bay Packers is still very, very strong. This is a team that is bred on winning. That is all they care about is winning. And people want to talk about, well, they don't have an owner. Owners are fickle. You don't know what you're going to get with an owner. And yes, sometimes the structure with Murphy, Ball, LaFleur, Gutekunst, There could be some things that fall apart based on how that structure is set up. But overall, this is a team that everyone in the organization from the very, very top to everyone down to the bottom is focused on winning. And that is hugely important. And that's not the case in every major sports franchise. It is not how teams operate. Some are just trying to make money. In the NFL, you've got some just awful, awful franchises that have no idea, no cultural foundation, no nothing. The fact that the Packers are the Packers, the fact that they have one of the strongest foundations in the NFL, the fact that they are America's team, in my opinion, Titletown USA, carry the G, whatever you want to say, there is a lot of culture that still goes into that. I believe it is still very strong. And I believe that culture will make it so that Green Bay, even in a rebuild or a reorg or whatever it is that this is, I don't think they're going to have that crazy stretch of 10, 15 years where they just go and aren't making playoffs or things like that. I think this is a very strong franchise. I think they'll continue to operate that way. And I think this, whatever it is, rebuild, et cetera, will be faster rather than slower. I think Green Bay is going to have some really good opportunities to get back into the playoff picture sooner rather than later, maybe as soon as this season. Those are my 10 strengths, just to recap them. The left side of the offensive line, their youth and just you know, sort of I don't know. I think the the youth playmaking and the overall like just uh, excitement of the the young players on this roster is what I will say. The edge rushers, once Rashawn Gary is healthy, the yards after catch and run after catch possibilities and playmaking with these new playmakers. Keyshawn Nixon, the strength of schedule, the offensive tackle depth, 
the player personnel and NFL scouting departments, the cash on hand and their financial flexibility, and then just the overall culture, the carry the G in Green Bay. Those are the 10 biggest strengths. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to be brought back down to earth, you can go back earlier in this week and listen to my biggest weaknesses. Hopefully it all balances itself out, but I'm still so excited about this season, so excited about this team and can't wait to see what they put on the on the field in 2023. Thanks so much for joining me. I'll be right back here tomorrow, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer put lifelock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss plus with a u.s-based restoration specialist on your team you won't have to face drained accounts fraudulent loans or other losses from identity theft alone all backed by the lifelock million dollar protection package change the game on identity theft save up to 25 percent your first year at lifelock.com aware